0: Welcome to the School of Humanity podcast.
1: You are made in the image and likeness of God.
0: Not only does God long for you, but you are like Him.
1: What does this mean for you?
0: How does it affect your view of God?
1: How does it affect your view of yourself?
0: How does that affect everything? This This is is the School of of humanity. Humanity. Hello and welcome to the School of Humanity. This is Rachel Bullman
1: And Jason Bullman.
0: This is episode 40. Uh, it made me. I don't know why I said it like that, <laughs> but it also made me think of uh, Casey Kasem's Top Forty.
1: Oh yeah, that? I do. Yeah, we're old. I was thinking. You know. Do you like,
0: think anyone that's listening knows who Casey Kasem is? Yes. Okay, I hope so. Um,
1: I was thinking of the biblical significance of the number forty.
0: <laughs> oh, you're so much holier than I. Am.
1: Well, yeah, that's what I'm trying to point out. <laughs>
0: You were mean. Um, (laughs) Fine. That's actually what I was thinking of, too. Um, Anyway, so I miss Catherine. I was thinking about the fact that we were going to record and that Catherine wasn't going to be here. I mean, I love you, but I miss her. Right. So, you know. Anyway. Okay. I just wanted to get that off my chest before we, we move forward. Um. So we went, you know, we, we've we've been kind of all over the place the last little bit. So 37 and 38, we talked about the Art of Reconciliation, Reconciliation, <laughs> Recollection. Also, we should talk about the Art of Reconciliation at some point, but um, the Art of Recollection, we talked about St. John of the Cross.
1: And St. Teresa of Avila.
0: And St. Teresa of Avila. And then we ventured out of that realm and we went and talked about music, which was beautiful.
1: Music as the inner dynamism
0: yes of man
1: of uh, man's existential being
0: it's true (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny before we record we always listen to like the last the last little bit of each recording that we've done like the last couple so we left with a cliffhanger one week talking about like how we could recognize uh, the authenticity authentic person of Jesus instead of whatever we've made up, up to be. Like, how do we do that? How do we recognize yeah. that? And then <laughs> the other cliffhanger we left, Jason heard it, and he said, and I guess I think what was happening was that he was, like, tending to one of our children, and I said what our cliffhanger was. <laughs> he came around the corner tonight, and he goes, or yesterday, he's like, what did you even say? Like, I, I love that you have so much trust in me <laughs> But I said something like, next time we get together, we're going to talk about...
1: We're going to dive even (laughs) deeper into man's existential being. We haven't plunged the depths enough. Challenge accepted.
0: (laughs) I'm not even going to talk the rest of the podcast. I was just going to leave it up to you to just dive right in there into our existential being. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Um... But tonight, you know, what's really beautiful about this week is that we are in the final days of the year before we get a Catholic New Year, right?
1: Right. Well, I mean, Christ the King was the end, was it not?
0: It was, but this is still um, considered ordinary time. It's like if you went to the calendar, it would be like blah, 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 Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever today is. Of oh yeah, I, sh- I should
1: have noticed that when I prayed morning prayer. the <laughs> Lord, man. So we're not in Advent yet.
0: <laughs> we are not in Advent yet. Uh, Sunday will be the first Sunday, Sunday of which is the first wow. day of the week. Got yes. it. And then Monday will be Monday of the first week of Advent, <laughs> honey. I mean, you're my so goodness. liturgical. I have not been Catholic as long as you have, so you should know stuff like. This.
1: Yeah, but you're like good at calendars and stuff. <laughs>
0: Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put that on my resume. Good at calendars and stuff. Um, <laughs> this is him being romantic, guys. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, if I
1: do become a deacon, you're gonna be like the secretary of the parish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Take care all, of the priest. All of my life's aspirations. <laughs> you're just wrong. Because you're good with calendars. <laughs> you're good with calendars. Um. And so, as we dive into this a little bit more into man's existential being, <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying that like throughout the podcast. It a, it's an awesome thing it to say. It is. It's an awesome thing to say. Um, but I think the place that we do start at here is um, music and art, right? You know, last time we talked a little bit about about music and how music draws you into an encounter with Christ, right. And uh, and then we ended it talking about the fact that music is is dynamic, just like the human person. Right? Like music is always changing. There's always like, it, especially really good pieces of music. There's always like the decrescendos, the crescendos, the moments when it's just moving with you. I mean, you think about that movie, um, *Les Mis*, and there were moments when the music just carried you, and it was beautiful, and you were light. And then there were moments when the music just drove to your soul and you were, like, driven into the ground beneath the weight of whatever right. was being played. Right. Um, and that's a lot like the human person. I mean, there are moments in our lives when we are just carried, we are, like, walking light as, light as a feather, you know? Right. And then there are moments when it feels like the whole weight of the world is on our shoulders. And um, music definitely helps to drive whatever those moods are. Um, and to help us kind of deal with them in that way,
1: yeah, so I mean music's very personal in that way, it's also very personal in the sense that it is a person who is making that music, you know, right, and so as a good musician it 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 uh we talked about how you know it almost is your instrument, whether you sing or whether you play or whatever, it's almost like you become one with it, and, um, I mean, you see, like, a really great singer, a really good pianist or guitarist, and their whole body, you know, emanates this beautiful music that's coming from them, and it's unique because they're playing it, um, and each person is beautiful and unrepeatable, and so, when a different person plays it, it's different because it's coming from that particular person. Do
0: you think there are any other things in reality that reflect that same thing? Um, I would think that there, I mean, almost everything reflects that same dynamism.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, certainly, I mean, we can point to the arts, you know, of all the different types of arts, um, as being, um, dynamic and unique and expression of um, the human's existential um, being. And especially since art, as Joseph Pieper talks about in the book, um, once again we're kind of drawing from this book by Joseph Pieper, um, Only the Lover Sings, on Art and Contemplation. But he talks about how festivals or celebrations are sort of like intrinsically united with art um, of different kinds, you know? Like there is no such thing as a festival without art, really. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, and um, I I don't know. Did you want to dive into talking about artists now and art, per se, yeah. and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, we're not really big into art, right, Love?
1: I mean, I'm definitely not an expert at it. I do love it. Um, but even Joseph Pieper in the book admits that he's not much of a art critic, you know. Um, but just philosophically, you know, because he's Catholic. Right. (laughs) He, um, and he has just an amazing mind. He's able to reflect on the deeper significance of art and contemplate, you know, why art and what does art have to offer and those kind of things. Um, which you don't have to be an artist necessarily to, um, to approach those questions. Um, and, uh, well, the first thing that comes to mind is that one video that we saw on YouTube that where all those different artists read from St. John Paul II's Letter yes. to Artists, which anybody listening to this, if you haven't read that or seen that YouTube video, you should definitely look it up because it's awesome. Um, but he talks about the dignity of your, one's vocation to being an artist and how you are you share in the creation of God himself and how you uh, remind us um, of the beauty of life um, and how commendable and unique and beautiful that vocation is um, and what a gift it is to be able to share in that, um, reminding of others of um, the transcendent reality that exists, you know? Um, and so...
0: there. Um, I wanted to, you know, when we yeah. were talking about this and about art and how art draws you back into the creator, it made me think of um, the treatise on the incarnation from St. Athanasius. Oh, yeah. I think we've talked about that before. Um, but in the treatise, which you can actually read it, it's on newadvent.org if you want to just type in uh, St. Athanasius incarnation, um, and number 11 there, he says, he, he's giving reasons for the incarnation and, and number 11, he talks about the fact that, you know, creation and nature are there to remind us of God and that, um, seeing the weakness of their nature that is not sufficient of itself to know its maker, nor to get any idea of all at all, at all of God, he, he knew there had to be another way to do this. So, um, He made man in his own image. Um, That by such grace perceiving the image that is the word of the Father, they may be able through him to get an idea of the Father and knowing their maker live the happy and truly blessed life. Um, And let me see if I can find it. There is... He actually goes in as far to use the language of art and... Um, those kind of things. So what I just read from about nature and creation was from, um, number 11 on there. But if you go farther down in the same article, the treatise about the incarnation, you're going to love this, honey. Um, it's number 14. It says a portrait once effaced must be restored from the original. Thus, the son of the father came to seek, save and regenerate. No other way was possible blinded himself man could not see to heal the witness of creation had failed to prevail to preserve him and could not bring him back the word alone could do so and when they, when i say the word here you know we're we're talking capital w jesus right, right only by revealing himself as man for as when the likeness painted on a panel has been effaced by stains from without he whose likeness it is must needs come once more to enable the portrait to be renewed on the same wood For for the sake of his picture, even the mere wood on which it is painted is not thrown away, but the outline is renewed upon it. In the same way, being the most holy Son of the Father, being the image of the Father, came to our region to renew him once made in his likeness, and find him as one lost by the remission of sins. As he says himself in the Gospels, I came to find and to save the lost. And so he goes on and he says um, that you have to use what was there before Um, in order to restore the painting. You'd have to look at an image of what what it was meant to be like. Right. And that is the person of Jesus.
1: Right. I love it.
0: Beautiful. I mean, that Athanasius man. (laughs) Really had it together. (laughs) Really knew what he was talking about. I think if you, if you, just by having a name like Athanasius, you're going to have to know what you're talking about. (laughs) Um, But isn't that beautiful?
1: Yeah. Um.
0: And it goes so well with what we're speaking of and the fact that he uses terms like the painting that was effaced, has been stained, must, you know, be restored. And in order for something to be restored, there has to be an original image of it right and the original image of you and i is jesus christ
1: right and you know not only does that speak to the beauty of christ and to the incarnation but like we like to point out it, it points to the beauty of mankind because you what you take note of is that it's not like he has to redo you know right um, or start over but rather um Renew, or what do you say? Renovate, right? Or seek, res-
0: save, and regenerate.
1: Regenerate, yeah. So, um,
0: it's not like you are a mistake that has to be yeah, changed.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Right? Yeah, I mean, there was um, one of the best uh, an illustration that I had heard a long time ago, um, and it was referring it was for young women, and it was referring to like loss of innocence. And referred to that innocence kind of like a a gift, and it said, you know, that as you lose bits of your innocence, you mar the gift. And so the the person that was giving the illustration had like an actual wrapped box in their hand, right? And they kept like tearing at the paper, you know. And it was like, eventually, you're not going to give this present to someone because it looks like this. So if you go to Christ, He gives you a new. Like, and they gave a whole new package, you know. And I told, because um, I was chaperoning this event, and I remember telling the, the young women that I was with that I didn't like that. I said, because it made it seem like you had to become a different person. Right. And I understand. I mean, it's all semantics. I'm sure that's not what they meant. But, and I asked one of the girls, what did it make, before I even told her what I didn't like about it, she said it made me feel like that as who I am, it's not good enough right and um and who you are is good enough you know right it's the realization that the person that you're trying to be is actually not who you are at all um which is a difficult thing for a lot of people to realize you know especially when you've been one thing for so long
1: right so, or you've thought that you were one right. thing for so long yeah um and how how i see that tied into Art, in particular, um, is the fact that um, you know you are not who you truly are, and is how God sees you, and how God sees you is the, is the saint that He created you to be. Right. Um, so you're both that person, but not yet that person. Um, do you know what I mean? Uh, you. in in the depths of who you are, are a saint. Um, That image may have been marred, you know, and there are a lot of things that hold you back from being completely actualized into the human person, the saint that you're called to be. So kind of like the kingdom of God, I don't know if you're familiar with this phrase, uh, Rachel, but... Probably not your holier than I am. Uh, they talk about how the kingdom of God is both now and not yet. I don't know if you've heard that before, but um, <clears throat> I mean, Christ has conquered death, you know, and so the kingdom of God, and He is the kingdom of God, um, but you know, His second coming hasn't occurred yet. So there's there's both the present you know, um, and the not yet. So, and we live in this sort of tension between the now and the not yet right. of the kingdom of God. Because um, there are moments that you and I both can weep at the beauty of this life and um, our longing for Christ, but then we also recognize that, you know, we don't see him face-to-face yet. I think the same is true of, um, of art, In particular, because what an artist does, if I might be so bold, um, is to help us to try to see the transcendence that is in the mundane, you know? Right. You see what I'm saying? I mean, you
0: might might just walk right by, you know, drive by a beach and not think about it, you know? Right. But you see a picture of a perfectly captured sunset on the beach or... Um, uh, a rainbow that you probably didn't see on your way to work, but was present. Right. And a lot of times if it's cult, you know, it's just beautiful. Right. And that, I mean, this past weekend we went and cult, Um, we went and, and, and there are all types of artists, you know, that there, I believe that musicians are artists and, and they, they capture oh, yeah. music and melodies in a way that it arrests you. And it reminds you of the transcendence of a melody. Um, But it, this made me think of the fact that we just had, Family pictures done We haven't gotten any family pictures back Um But The family pictures that we had done Are um There was It was it was hilarious Cause you guys listen to us on here And um And Jason and I were laughing that this is This is definitely our lives Like this is the way we act All the time Um and so, uh, there was a moment during our, our pictures the other day where they had us come and, and like do a couple pictures. And it probably didn't help that the photographers are really good friends of ours. Um, but they kept saying, you know, like Jason, you stand here and Rachel, you stand with your back against his, him. And, Jason, you put your arms around him and I remember laughing and I was like, are we, are we doing like a prom pose? Is that what's happening right now? Are we? And, uh, we just could not stop laughing. Like we're trying to take these pictures and we just could not get it together. I fully blame Jason.
1: Well, I'm, I mean, I don't know what to say except that, I mean, don't tell
0: me what to do. <laughs> That's <laughs> definitely where they faltered. No, um, no. <laughs> But we just could not. They kept saying, like, put your... Also, it's just hilarious to, to do family pictures anyway. And our, our daughter, our, not our youngest, because she's only six months, and she participates when she doesn't know how. And But our other daughter did not participate that well, <laughs> which was hilarious. But it was so much fun. But I know that we are going to see these pictures afterwards. And even when we were laughing and not doing what the photographer was saying... And they kept, they kept saying, gosh, these pictures are so great. Right. And I know that when we see them, we're going to get a lot of, a lot of stills of moments that we that we definitely take for granted.
1: Right. And that's kind of the artist's vocation, um, is to capture those moments where when someone looks at them, they can feel
0: what you you felt in that moment. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, uh. And that points to this transcendent um, reality, you know. It it points to the transcendentals, the beautiful, the good, and the true. And you're reminded of that. Um, And a lot of times, you know, our lives are so busy and, you know, all these beautiful things are happening all around us and we never take hold of them or grasp them. But art is an opportunity that's set apart, you know, um, f- particularly for someone to reflect on the beautiful, the true, and the good. Um, it's so Yeah. And so artists really have to be, you know, what Joseph Pieper says is that artists really have to be sort of contemplatives. Right. Because and they
0: have to almost live in a state of wonder. Yep.
1: You know. And he talked about, like, can you imagine how you have to c- contemplate the human figure or face or whatever before you draw it you know yeah i was thinking about you know
0: who else it made me think of was um our friend brian um we were at a baseball game i don't know if you were out there when this happened but we were at a baseball game um you were out there but i don't think you saw brian we're at a baseball game um and the sunset over the stadium was just spectacular do you remember that no was tan- that was the uh, local, like, uh, new stadium, and we were all in the club seats, and being oh, dinner remember, yes. and okay, the yes. sunset was, like, purple and orange and pink. It was, yeah, like, every color right. you could think of, and it was gorgeous, and, you know, we're all sitting there staring at it, and all of a sudden, Brian's like, I've got to get up. He's like, I'll be right back, and he, like, disappeared, and I asked his wife, I was like, where is he going? And she goes, oh, I think you went to go take a picture of the sunset. And and he frequently does things like that, you know, um, and takes pictures of things that you would never think to take a picture of. Right. But he takes it, and then it reminds us later of how beautiful that moment was. Um, and there are moments with the boys. Like I have one picture of them that is my favorite. Um, I think Jeremiah was like three or four, and we were coming out of Disney World, and I always try to get out of Magic Kingdom. Before the fireworks come on, because after the fireworks happen, it's like a, it's just craziness. Um, Because everyone tries to leave at the same time, and um, you're waiting for the ferry or the the tram, whatever it's called. Is it called? Oh, the monorail. For for like thirty minutes, thirty forty five minutes, and so one night I tried to avoid that, and so we were actually already out by the ferry. Whenever the fireworks started. And I have a picture of them standing on the bench and their faces are just like, like they they had never seen fireworks in their lives. That's the way, that's how surprised and in awe they were. And every time I see it, I am surprised and in awe.
1: Right. You know. Because you're reminded.
0: Right. I'm reminded. Yeah. Or there's the earth. Or there's the earth. Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh. The earth, the earth is Good beautiful, huh? The earth is beautiful. That was a guest. That was a guest appearance by our, our uh, three year old Gemma. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: there's a couple other points that I wanted to make before we close out.
0: Yes, please do. One
1: that. is that he t- um, he talks about in this book that artists can be tempted to become, you know, sort of turning in on themselves mm-hmm. and 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 uh, too concerned with themselves and. Uh, yeah.
0: You know yeah, I, I think um, I actually see that happen a lot with um, obviously, I don't, I'm not a lot around a lot of variants of art, artistry. So I'm mostly around musicians, right. So I can speak to that craft that I have seen musicians that um, are very well learned, like they're classically trained and it's very difficult for them to be free right amidst the classically trained. Right. Um, I would think that it you'd have a, it's a very you're very hard pressed to be able to find an artist. That's why they're so amazing. Like when you have artists that are like um, Elton John, for lack of a... that's the first thing that came to mind, um, but that have classical have been classically trained, but also have like this ultimate free uh, freedom when they're near a keyboard. Or a piano, right, you know, right. and um, they can play whatever they want. Yeah, but at the same time, could play a classical piece and still blow your socks off, you know. Yep. and that's that's just gorgeous. That's just the, probably my my greatest dream would be able to still maintain my 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 freedom that I know that I have and I play with currently, but also to be classically trained at the same time.
1: Well, apparently, you know, when when that happens, then. There, you know, the art starts to become banal and um, and without any substance, you know. Um, but he says the artist, who in contrast seeks nothing for himself, but who rather keeps the recesses of his soul in silence and simplicity, receptive to the breath of created inspiration, creative inspiration, which then flows by way of his own remembrance, unadulterated, into the unfolding form of his work, this artist then may just perchance create a status or a statue um, you know, that is just incredible, you know. My so, heart. um wanted to make that point because it that goes kind of for all of us, you know, when we become too concerned or um, with ourselves, and instead of, and feel you know, in a sense, the opposite of being poor in spirit, being too rich in our and our own selves, right. and that can be in a lot of different things, including ministry. For all the maybe the young people out there that are involved in ministry, if you. <clears throat> have your idea of who God is and your relationship with Him and what you're going to do about it and all that is all set and proper and ordered and all that, and you have no room left for, uh, you know, openness to the Holy Spirit, then you'll find that um, you're not really poor in spirit and, and you'll find that ministry is arduous and that your relationship with God will decline so there always has to be this sort of emptiness in you um, that you res- you leave open for God, for inspiration from the Holy Spirit. Um, so that's that's one thing um, that I thought was a good point. And part of the reason that we may turn into that um, person who is stuck in the mundane and on himself is because um, Joseph Pieper makes a point about contemplation when he talks about the fact that our desire to see enough, you know, in quotes, see enough, is never satisfied. If we are having, like, this beautiful moment where we feel God's presence when we're outside in nature or something and, you know, tears come to your eyes or maybe it's a beautiful song and it may not even necessarily be God who you recognize is close to you. It may be, remind you of someone that you love, your mother or father or what, what have you. Those moments, you want to harness them when they happen, you know. You never want them to end because there can never be enough of this, this love that you feel. And he says that artists ha- are faced with that reality that, um, it's
0: like you a know, hunger.
1: yeah, this hunger that can never be satisfied. Right. And they have a choice to make. And he says some artists choose to not accept that reality right. and settle for something more superficial. And so their art is not um, very... Um, doesn't have a lot of depth to it. But then there are artists who sort of live in that reality that this hunger, this longing is part of the, of our present state. Because like we said before, the kingdom of God is both now and not yet, you know? And right. so we will always have this longing uh, until we see God face to face and, no matter how much we get of God's love, we'll always want more, you know. Um, hmm. So that, you know, an, a true artist lives in that mode, if you will, and right. creates things that that uh, seem to help remind us of this longing, this desire that we have for the transcendentals. So.
0: And that leads us into the fact that that longing is the same thing that that we have during the season of Advent yeah, yeah. is a longing to know Jesus. Right. You know, I love, um, that him come thou long expected Jesus. You know, just the title of it is just amazing. Like, that is awesome. Like I've just been waiting. Like I've, I've expected you to come and the anticipation, you know, I've just been waiting. And so, um, I think that leads us to this last part, which is, I'd like to, to end it with the, a phrase from a prayer that I've always prayed. And that, that is, may our hunger always exceed our reach. So that is our prayer tonight. And so as we wait for Advent, Lord, may, may our hunger always exceed our reach for you. May you always be a little bit farther than what we can capture in, in art. What we can capture in song. What we can capture in moment to moment. And may we still seek you forever. Come thou long expect the Jesus. Amen. Amen.